Hello everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Agric Radio. It's another good day in the studio and we have another special guest with us today. But first, I'll introduce my co-host. Um, I have Mr. Shola Oyawale, the Chief Operations Officer of Farm Crowdy, and he would be speaking with our guest as well. Our special guest for today is Mr. Femi Aiki. He is the CEO of Food Locker. Mr. Femi Aiki is the CEO of Food Locker, a one-stop shop for fresh foodstuff sourced from local farmers and FMCGs and sold at fair prices based in Ibadan, Western Nigeria. Mr. Femi is passionate about good governance for business owners and SME businesses. Of all the many good stories behind the success of Food Locker, the one that stands out the most is his continental recognition, among which is being one of the winners of African Development Bank Group's $120,000 agri-pitch competition last year, diamond winner of about $50,000 in the Impulse Accelerator Award in the last quarter of last year as well, among others. Please join me to welcome Mr. Femi Aiki to Straight Talk on Agric Radio. Hello, hello, hello. All right, Femi, thank you very much um, for taking time out of your busy schedule um, to be with us today. Um, I'd, I'd want to, I want to assume um, you're joining in from Ibadan, right? Yes. Yes. All right, beautiful. All right, so I guess um, uh, the conversation will start off on that note this morning, um, doing business out of Ibadan. Um, so the typical assumption is you know tech startups today um majority operating out of lagos and people seem to assume lagos is the hub you know for prospective startups in the tech space um is there any reason uh why you settled for the specific location where you're at and when i can see the smile on your face and when you land on this question um kindly tell someone who is trying to escape ibadan at the moment why they should remain if the relevance is actually Ibadan. So over to you, Femi. All right, so thank you very much for starting on a very uh, warm note. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, um, I, I must say that one of the smartest decisions we took at Foodlocker was starting from Ibadan. Mm. Uh, majority of the, of the businesses that started at about the same time when we did and who had sort of the same business idea of business concept who started in Lagos and died. Whoa. Um, Whoa. I had the privilege of um, working abroad and I saw a number of, um, of uh, different ways of positioning business. So one of those was that majority of the businesses that wanted to start, for example, in the UK, you'd see London, you'd also see Birmingham. Better chance of surviving, especially when you're bootstrapping. If you don't have a lot of venture capital, uh, for you have you stand a better chance of surviving in, in in Birmingham versus you know surviving in London because of the cost of operating business in London 
the the bigger regulatory bottles, etc. Mm -hmm. The same if you go to Spain as well. Start your business in Barcelona, which is where I had my MBA. Uh, you would probably fare better because the costs are lower, and not just the costs, the access to talent. You you get better talent at much better uh, rates, uh, and also you have the freedom to to innovate and to to exercise. Mm. So that that was the same sort of parallel that we decided we're going to stretch out to Nigeria. Now, Lagos is, is, for me, it's not an attractive place. I've had the, you know, the opportunity of living in different cities across the world. I don't think Lagos is a great city, and this is a personal opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I think the traffic bottlenecks, uh, the regulatory bottlenecks, uh -huh. the, the challenges of the system, uh, they make it super difficult for people to come in and innovate. You, when you're innovating, you don't want to, you know, have to start fighting with last man fast, you know, fighting with all these guys. Mm. You want to just go in and do the business, the business that you want to yeah. do. So mm. for us, Ibadan was just the, was just the, the place. Mm. Secondly, um, some statistics were released just recently by uh, Dr. Uh, Ola Orekunri Brown uh, that spoke about some of the most attractive cities in Nigeria to do business. Ibadan is actually top on that list. Wow. It's, wow. it's one of the first, I think, four on that list. Oh, so wow. um, the, the purchasing power is there. The freedom to do business is there. Uh, it, it was a no-brainer, really. Hmm. Amazing. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, this is word out to someone out there who's thinking of escaping Ibadan for Lagos. I mean, you just heard it right off Femi's mouth. Um, is the smartest decision he's ever made. Um, and I think some of his early achievements have shown, I mean, these are testament to the fact that, yes, he's not doing badly, you know, with Food Locker. Yes, he's really doing great. Um, just curious about this, um, you know, like, because grocery and general business of digitalized trading can be very tough, you know, like, with the way B2C things can be, why did you actually go for um, food instead of any other thing like maybe um, digital appliances, smartphones? What are people selling these days? <laughs> Clothes or something? Like why was it that? Because like you know, like the profit margin can actually be slim sometimes. Well, most times basically. So like, why did you actually go yeah. for food? Yeah. So. Um uh, it's just a very simple concept. I'll probably only change my phone once every five years. I'll probably change my TV once every 10 years. I'll buy food every, pretty much every week. Uh, I'll eat every day. It, it just makes, makes a lot more sense in a market sure. where purchasing power is pretty low mm. and where you know, you, you've got huge, huge headwinds against people's finances. Uh, the jobs are not many. The number of people... Uh, earning money in Nigeria who can buy anything at less than 30 million. So regardless of our 200 million population, it's just about maybe 26 million people who can afford to buy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather go for those 26 million, and I, I want to go for the biggest share of their pocket. So for me, it, it was a no-brainer. Yes, margins could be slim, but also margins could be big if you fix, uh, if you're able to figure out your supply chain. So. Hmm. I mean that 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 simplicity yeah. um, at its height. I mean, in arriving at that, you know, decision of going, you know, the food and grocery route, and we we also discovered that by the second half of last year, um, your business made that audacious move to venture into the Lagos market, 
Um, I mean, okay. what what could have been the rationale, you know, behind still operating out of Ibadan? Um, understand that these conversations is actually meant to excite, you know, community of agri enthusiasts and mm-hmm. people who are probably pessimistic about what's really happening in this agri tech space. Um, but you'd almost want to think, hey, if the market in Lagos is bigger, and we've made some success out of Ibadan. Uh, why don't you go and show them in Lagos how to do it? I mean, so you've remained in Ibadan and you're reaching out, yeah. you know, to customers in Lagos. Um, in Lagos. Can you talk us through um, that process and how well that is going for you currently? Yeah, yeah. So thanks a lot about that. So, and it's not just Lagos. We we are already selling to, to Abuja, to Port Harcourt, oh, wow. to Fantastic. Wari, to, wow. to a bunch of cities across Nigeria. Um, I think the, the, the core really is to s- sort of figure out that what business are you really in? Are you in a demand business or in a supply business? Um, the demand for food in Nigeria, at least as at last year, was about, no, as, as at, I think it was 2019 data, if I recall correctly, from the MBS, was about $60 billion. Wow. So the, the, the demand is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't really have a demand problem. You essentially have a supply problem. And if you have a supply problem, nearness to so supply is the most important thing you need to do. Sure. So um, the rationale behind you know for entering into other markets is because we we offer some of the best prices, some of the best products. Uh, we have top quality products, um, and we feel you know Ibadan people should not be the only folks enjoying this. So um, it just made sense for us to support and to 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 actually reach out to other other cities. Actually, we, we, we started out by sort of trying to set up operations in Lagos just to have closer distribution. Mm. Uh, but like we always say, uh, Lagos politics and Lagos regulatory environment happened to us as well. Yeah. On the day we were actually going to build the deal for the warehouse in Lagos, uh, we had last month problems. Wow. Oh, wow. And, you know, we, we felt it was ominous because... Uh, you know, you, you, you have a vehicle breakdown and, and the vehicle is not obstructing any, any traffic or anything. And then some guy says it's going to forcefully tow your vehicle. So th- this happened and it, w- it was just a big sign for us. We already had people we had lined up to, to hire. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we were just close to, we were going to the place to go and have the final check and seal the deal. And it happened. So we, we decided, you know what? We'll forget about all of this and we just leverage logistics and it has worked for us. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. That's that's really good to hear. You know, understanding how you've been able to manage into Lagos and then you said you're also spreading to Abuja, Potakot and many more states. How will you describe your experience from a business owner point of view? Do you think that the concept of ease of doing business comes to play effectively here? Uh, I'm guessing you guys spoke with Kenneth before <laughs> before interviewing me because he already knows. So Kenneth Obiadjulu used to be your CEO, already knows my position on some of these things. There's no such thing as ease of doing business in Nigeria. It doesn't exist. I think they're lying to themselves. I'm glad that the World Bank decided that they were going to scrap that ranking because it's, a, it's, a, it's BS, right? It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, if they want to fix ease of doing business, you need to get... Uh, we have a law in Nigeria that talks about the laws on taxes and levies, and this law actually recommends, uh, I think it's two years imprisonment or payment of a fine of 50,000 naira for anybody who mounts a roadblock 
to ask people to pay taxes. So we still have all of this on our roads, right? You see local government people, they harass your logistics people, you see a lot of harassment of our people on the roads, and there are laws. So the, if these laws exist and nobody's enforcing these laws, how can you tell me there's ease of doing business? There's no ease of paying taxes. There's no electricity, right? Uh, there's, if you want to get a, you want to secure a processing facility or a warehouse, you still need to uh, get permits from government. There's no ease of getting permits for property. So how can you tell me there's ease of doing business just because you did Kama 2020 and you put a bunch of PS in it? Mm. So for me, I think we need to be honest with ourselves and we need to be honest with the leaders of this country and tell them clearly, like, guys, you need to fix the fix real this. things that drive business. Mm. And they need to engage with business people yes. uh, so that business people tell them, guys, I need you to fix logistics for me. I need you to fix the roads for me. We need to tell them what they need to fix for us so that we can really have this ease of doing business. It's not about just cooking up some numbers and saying you've made uh, company registration easier and therefore business is now easier. It doesn't work that way. Mm, amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Thanks. I mean, that's like really spot on um, for anyone doing business. I mean, we've heard you talk about your challenges um, doing business out of um, Lagos, um, but then you've mentioned the key drivers for business ought to be addressed uh, before we start um, dealing with, um, you know, the index for the ease of doing business. Uh, let's move along um, right now to, you know, what pretty much looks like your opinion um, on, on, on this um, subject of um, Nigerian businesses being um, internationally competitive. Um, in the Thrive Africa Challenge, you know, that challenge that solves problems, you know, of the African agri-food industry um, that accelerates the development of, you know, ecosystems and selects, you know, best startups. Food Locker happens to be the only Nigerian startup amongst the 10 finalists across Africa. Um, and you can correct me if that is wrong. Uh, but for a country that takes pride in agriculture and is seen as a trailblazer in technology development, um, in your opinion, um, what do you think about our international competitiveness, you know, as it were? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think uh, I always, when I, when I get asked this question, I always refer to there's an article written by, I think it was Michael Porter, that's... Uh, titled The Competitive Advantage of Nations. Uh, in that Competitive Advantage of Nations, the guy said, said a number of things regarding what makes a, a, a nation competitive. He talks about, it's not about natural resources, it's not about this, it's not about that. It's about the ability of their companies to innovate and to, to create new solutions. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really about that, until we really try to drill this down to saying, how do we make our companies competitive? I, I think some statistics recently said there were only about 60 companies in Nigeria that had revenues of above $100 million every year. Uh, this is shameful for a country with over 200 million people. Yes. It means the jobs are not going to come. It means, you know, um, and, you know, when you refer to, to that article by Michael Porter as well, you would see that he mentioned a number of factors that can help us to be competitive. The local market has to be, you know, top-notch. People have to be seeking for the highest standards. Um, the, the, the local market has to be solid. So if you look at all those countries that are competitive, if you go to Germany or you go to Switzerland, you're going to find top-quality products locally, even yeah. products you've probably never heard about. Mm -hmm. And 
that's really the point. The, the service quality is great. Customer service is great. Um, people are looking to better their lot. They are creating new solutions. They have opportunities to get grants and, mm -hmm. and permits. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they can register a business in 45 minutes. They can get a permit from government in one day. These are the things we need to look at. Um, so the, if we, from a competitiveness point of view, I think even the, the Thrive Agriculture thing is, is actually small mm -hmm. because um, I don't really see it as an achievement because we, we're not getting the boost we need. Yeah. If food yeah. security, for example, was out of the way for us, if yeah. it was out of the way, I'll be on the That's farm major. I wouldn't be in this. Yeah, true, <laughs> you know? true, so. true, true. Okay, thank you very much for that. So, I mean, like, based on the last things you said, just off the charts and for jokes, if you were to deliver your next big order to the state governor uh, of Ibadan in the state house, like, apart from asking him what his mode of payment would be, whether cash or card, you know, like when you go to pay for stuff, they ask you cash or card. Um, what would be yeah. what would be the first thing you engage him in? Like, what question would you ask him or what statement would you make? <laughs> I'll tell him the same thing I've been telling his people. Get the VIO guys off my streets. Get uh -huh. them off the road. I don't want to see them. Uh, their job is to inspect vehicles, put them in in in, in warehouses where they are checking vehicles. Uh, so that, that that that's probably a joke. I, I think I would I would ask him. I would ask him uh, to to be really sincere about developing agriculture in Nigeria and in your state. We have a lot of land in your state. Uh, so that there's a crisis on soya beans and 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 maize currently in Nigeria, True. and Oyoste has the capacity to fill all that huge supply gap. Wow. We can fill it. So somebody needs to get serious from the from the side of government to say, okay, guys, we want to have a soya beans, I don't know, revolution or maize revolution. Because it's not just food, right? It's it's not it doesn't just serve the likes of Nestle. It also serves feedstock mm -hmm. that then we feed to the livestock and then becomes our protein. Yes. All these things matter because if people cannot eat eat well, if they if they cannot feed well, they can't perform well. I mean, yes. they, they can't. You know, True. True. I, I think food is the beginning of society. If yeah. you can't nail food, you don't have society. Mm, amazing stuff. Um... All right. Um, we hope um, that opportunity, you know, would come. Uh, maybe one of these days um, <laughs> we will have that conversation. Um, you know, um, as we try to wrap up um, this segment, um, and I guess this is going to be the first of many to come, um, what this agri-radio is set to do is, like, try to open the eyes of enthusiasts, um, try to talk about the opportunities that really exist in the space, um, we need uh, more young people in this in this space. Uh, I'm sure you agree. Um, unfortunately, we have to contend um, with um, the powers um, that currently reside with the generation that is ahead of us. Uh, but more importantly, I think if we speak about the opportunities more, uh, we'll get more people who will overcome these challenges in their own way by themselves, like a few, you know, of you and your contemporaries are doing. But the thought of there is LASMA alone has stopped somebody from getting out there to even start a venture. Yeah. Yes, but I think these success Absolutely. stories, um, so this will be one of many. But on a general on a general note, um, this has to do with some level of security in Nigeria at the moment, heading, ranching, 
nomadic farming, its rapid growth, you know, in southern western part of Nigeria, and the experiences, you know, uh, we've had to deal with in more recent times. Uh, for an active agronomist, and I'm sure you'd have had experiences in one way or the other. Um, let's say, again, the governor of your state has come to say, look, Femi, I've, I've heard you're a bright guy. Yeah, so please, what is your thought um, or the way <laughs> around, you know, herding, ranching, you know, and nomadic farming, as it were? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they've done the right thing. They, they've, they've, they did the right thing a long time ago. They had a law that said we are prohibiting open grazing. Uh, they should basically just go and uphold this law. Enforce, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, our society has to, we have to emerge uh, from the levels of barbarism, right? Mm. Um, we cannot we, we cannot build society for barbarians. We mm. we have to build society to evolve. We have to modernize. We have to adopt new ways and better ways of doing things. Um, I had an experience with somebody in Italy. It must have been 2013. I was working there as an engineer, and this lady used to work for a company that produces beef. And the, the, this beef, uh, sorry, the, 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 cow, the cows uh, get fed um, maize, top quality maize. Mm. Now, she, she was telling me the difference between the taste of the kind of beef they sell versus the kind of beef we eat here. And I, and I actually observed it and I, I actually felt it. You would see in the quality of the beef that these cows were well taken care of. True. True. So we, we need to get to that level where we, we evolve and the performance also improves. The, the quality of nutrition improves, the, the, the productivity even of the farmers improves, so of the herders, etc. improve. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to give them land. Anybody who wants to do business needs to go and buy their own land True. or lease their land, yeah. right? No free land for anybody because we do agriculture as well and we are not getting free land. Free land. So yeah. nobody, there's nothing special about you know, there's nothing special about cattle. There's, it's, it's a source of beef. It's just like chicken. So if we wanted to say we're going to give chicken rearers the opportunity to be rearing their chicken on the streets, you can imagine how terrible it is. And we do the same for goat herders and yeah. sheep herders. And, you know, it's never going to work. So they should go and, you know, start ranches, put in some capital and start doing what everybody else is doing. Thank you very much, Femi. I mean, I mean, I got an amazing insight, you know, from your response. Imagine the chickens, the turkeys, the and the sheep and the goats, you know, were that'll all grazing be, freely. Be, crazy. Yeah, be chaotic. <laughs> Thank you very much, Femi. Um, just before we go, Mr. Femi, um, would you like to say something, maybe a one-liner or two, to our audience about your business and for those that are looking to start a business in this line? Oh, yeah, great. Uh, for, for those looking to start a business in this line, I think that people should think about this space as a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. You can't invest 100000 and get 70%. Uh, <laughs> except, you want, you know, except you want to do some magic. magic yeah. uh, it's a long-term game. Uh, agriculture still has risk, and I'm super excited that uh, Farm Crowd is now doing insurance and all this kind of uh, risk prevention and loss prevention uh, programs. So p people should look at this as a long-term play. Uh, you're going to struggle a little bit sometimes. You're going to succeed.
succeed more times, but the more you learn, the more you then improve. We are still small, actually, so I don't even think we're qualified to advise a number of people. <laughs> uh, but what can I tell tell to people about Foodlocker? Foodlocker.com.ng, uh, as well as Foodlocker.Africa, are some of the uh, solutions that we have created to solve uh, um, both the demand but also the supply side of the uh, of the problems that plague agriculture. Um, we're, we're super excited that we're doing this. We we don't in any way feel any regret at all. I, I left you know Amazon to come and do this in Nigeria, and I'm 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 more excited that I came to do this. Um, yes, I'm not as rich as I would have been if I had remained in Amazon for sure, but. Uh, but, but this is this is interesting. This is a big space, sixty billion dollar market, uh, open floor for a lot of people. Super exciting. I did more than one line. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so Femi. much, Mr. Femi. It's great here. to have you here on Tough Talk, one of our shows on Agri Radio. And a little word to our audience: Do not forget to follow us on social media at Agri Radio. We're active on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can also follow us on our podcast platforms, Anchor, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much for being on this show, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Let's talk family.